0: I, ho- I hope this is all going in the episode. Oh no, See, it's, all, it, it's all going
1: in the episode. Oh, if good, all, good, if good. you know,
0: if it goes out with a explicit tag or <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, well, yeah.
1: Let me rephrase that. I hope it doesn't all go in the
0: episode. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 312 with a review of Starred Up. I'm Christopher Schneezy.
0: I'm Carson
2: Patrick. And I'm Stephen Miller.
1: And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, we are hitting up another VOD release because there wasn't a whole lot coming out. So uh, we are talking about Starred Up, and I keep saying it very slowly and trying to enunciate it correctly because, you know, if you listen to this review and decide you want to see this movie, if you start searching for Starred Up, like Start Up, and a bunch of things, you're not going to find it. So starred up, S-T-A-R-R-E-D-U-P. Um, yeah. So, yes, how are you guys doing this fine morning?
0: Good. I'm sweaty and shirtless. <laughs> that's I'm, it, that's uh, how
1: Steven woke up this morning.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm alive and a li- only a little worse
2: for wear, so I feel good
1: sipping tea. <laughs> I, I am, uh, I'm doing well, but I'm still covered in baby oil and sand from a little <laughs> brawl I had in the room mm. over here.
0: Yeah, dude, that's how you, that's how you got to do it. You got to lube up and uh, so they won't get you. Yeah. And, so the kangas can't grab you. And, right.
1: And, and it's sort of dawning on me that if you haven't seen the film yet, that, that probably sounds way worse than it is. Well, to I
0: mean, if you've seen what was it? Transporter 2 or 3, What's the one where he, like, lubes up in oil and then, like, yeah, where he just fights all the dudes? where he just rips
1: his shirt off and then dumps a thing of motor oil on Does, him? Yeah.
0: yeah, and then he, like, hit, starts fighting people with the bike pedals. I think that was three. <laughs> I think that was Transporter 3.
1: I don't remember. <laughs> it was one of the Transporters, but... Yeah, one of those ones. I remember thinking, even, like, of all the gratuitous things in that film, I was thinking, this is kind of gratuitous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, He didn't want people to get him.
1: That's right. I mean, I constantly lube up when I don't want people to get me, and also, so- <laughs> and also sometimes when I want them to get me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, I know or- what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what well, we are what well, we are about to be talking about is startup. Yeah. Which, uh, for you know, people uninitiated, uh, if you are in a juvenile detention facility and then you get put. Into an adult one a little bit earlier than maybe you should be. Uh, that is called getting starred up, or I, I don't know. What what is the proper form of that word? Anybody know?
2: I I don't know.
0: I think it's that he starred up. Yeah, he okay. starred up means that he graduated. Okay. yeah, he yeah. Cool. There was it because he said there was a one of the uh, one of the guys in the movie said it, and he that's how he said it. So he said like he
1: starred up. Yeah, but I, I can't tell with the accents whether that was, like, he <laughs> he is startup or, like, he's startup, like... Founding a startup. Yeah. Right,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, and, and pr- I'm pretty sure this is a, a chiefly UK terminology. Uh, mm-hmm. Pretty sure you wouldn't say that someone's startup if you're... Uh, Going from juvie to the big leagues in America—I don't know. Maybe yeah, I yeah. could be wrong,
1: but well, it's specifically that it's earlier than you should be, right? Uh, I, yeah, I think. So maybe. I, I don't
2: know that the term means it's earlier than you should be. I, but I feel like it was used as he started up earlier than he.
1: Okay. Yeah. Like so maybe
0: he, he transferred earlier.
1: Gotcha. Well, either way, it's it's a person who's younger than the rest of the people that <laughs> that he is now uh, in with. Which, yeah. You know, could be bad. Uh, might not be so bad if you're crazier than the people that you're being put in prison with, but I don't know. Right. I guess we'll get into that in a little bit.
0: Hmm. Well, he's unbroken, so it's okay. <laughs> that was a, you know, shout out to the unbroken because the same actor, you know, whatever. You know, okay, it, we'll just he was move also
2: on. in the 300 Rise of an Empire.
0: He, he was, yeah. He was like the son of the one dude who's died. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> spoilers for the terrible movie totes i mean you knew he was gonna die anyway so yeah <laughs> i
1: i i don't even know which guy you're talking about that's i that, i just get how confused great that movie was
0: he looks this guy looks like anton yelchin though to me so i get confused because uh,
1: you, you know what's I can funny see it. i i would not have thought that but the second you said it it was obvious <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i mean he has a he has a very similar look and then um yeah I don't know where I was going with that, but I was just throwing that out there <laughs> in case anybody else noticed.
1: I don't know. <laughs> I, like I said, I noticed now. Didn't notice that. Okay, now. good. Anyways, uh, what do you say we get into this review by taking a listen to the trailer and then coming back and letting everybody know what we thought? <laughs> that
0: was up?
1: Thanks. <laughs>
0: Eric, love, 19. He's a control problem. He's only a kid. I'm gonna
1: tell you something, alright? This is no young offender's turnout.
0: I don't fear anything. Sometimes there's just no
1: hope. Kid's causing issues. No, it's necessary. In case you haven't fully appreciated, I am his father. You will do what you're told. He just order me about and tell me to do stuff.
2: You have to help him. Maybe you don't feel comfortable accepting help from other people. So this is where you open up to me and build trust.
1: Weapons down. Stand against the back wall. He's suffered enormous emotional trauma. No, he needs to be out. What are we doing here if not trying to help
2: prisoners like Eric...
1: It's not always possible for you to be there to protect him. Protect the public. Make sure he stays inside for the rest of his life.
0: Oi! 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 Start up means
1: you're a leader. All right, so you just listened to the trailer for Starred Up. As we said, it's uh, basically a young dude. I think he's 19 in the film, right? Is that correct?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah 19.
1: 19. Okay, so he's 19. He's been in juvenile detention, and now he's being transferred into a regular full-blown jail. Uh, he may have family who's also in that jail, uh, and he may be a punk-ass little kid who has a problem with authority. So obviously, you know, being in prison with your daddy... And being of the type of personality in which you're a pain in the ass to everybody you're around, you know, it's probably going to be a tough life for you. So, he's, a type,
0: he's a type V personality, violent, <laughs> duh. Yes. Good one. Yeah. Well. <laughs> S- nailed it.
1: <laughs> Why don't you start off with our type R personality for okay. reviewer and right. let us know what you thought of this film? I'll
0: try. I'll try to uh, articulate. Um, yeah. Um, I thought it was a. Uh, exceptionally well-made film. Uh, I think it's rocking like a 99% or something on Rotten Tomatoes. And um, I think it's uh, well-deserved because uh, it's a very hard-hitting film. I was joking before watching it with my girlfriend. I was like, this is totally going to be like one of these uh, British movies like Gary Oldman's *Nil by Mouth, where it's just going to be epically depressing and uh, a lot of thick accents A lot of people shouting like, yeah, (laughs) and like, um, don't, don't bleep that out. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, I'm Um, I'm just going to assume that the most people can't understand what he just tried to say. (laughs) Yeah. So, but, uh, but
0: yeah, it's, and it's funny because like within two minutes, somebody shouts like, yeah. (laughs) So I thought I was like, yes, I was uh, Uh, predicted that well. (laughs) Um, and for anyone who didn't catch that, I know I, by mouth uh, is it. You know, this is a little side note, but uh, I think it's like it set the record for like most c bombs dropped at a movie, um, and it was like the the record holder for most f bombs. But that got uh, surpassed last year by Wolf of Wall Street. So it's uh, it's definitely this movie is definitely in that same vein, um, not quite as. Not quite as dark, but it is still very dark. And, um, yeah, I just, uh, if you have trouble with accents, um, this movie might be a problem for you. Um, <laughs>
1: so, so, just, like, so... For, Steve, for warning. Yeah, y- yesterday I was, like, literally eating lunch, getting ready to watch this film. And Stephen sent a little message uh, to, you know, out and said, Hey, uh, you know, if you haven't watched the film yet, it may be a film that could benefit from... The subtitles um, <laughs> so I was like oh sweet like I'll, I'll totally turn these on um, you know thanks for the heads up and I turned them on and I still couldn't understand what the hell was going <laughs> like half the subtitles flash by so fast because I'm hearing the words that don't make sense and then I'm trying to read it after like if I'm if I'm reading subtitles in another language, like in an actual other language it's fine because I just hear mouths moving and then I can read the text but this because I could sort of process it it like slowed me down <laughs> well, you're, you're
0: focusing on two things at once yeah, instead yeah. of just focusing on reading the
1: subtitles. Yeah, and we know really, that. See, sense. I,
0: I didn't have a problem at all once I had subtitles. Like, I
2: I think I would only glance at them when I needed to know what I missed. Yeah. yeah. And so I did pause a couple times to look up, like, prison jargon to try to make sense
0: of what they were saying. Yeah, because there is a lot of that uh, in the film. And I, I don't know, like, I think... I didn't I didn't put the subtitles on, um, and I a lot of it went by like went over me, but I feel like you can still get the gist of like what people are saying um, or at least w- what's going on during certain scenes. Well, no at you, least you, I did I did you, I don't know.
1: I, I could still get the gist of it even though I was trying to read the subtitles. But <laughs> there, there were definitely times where things escalate really quickly, and I wasn't sure what was said that set people off.
0: Right, there's a lot of ye- yelling, and uh, it's sort of all mashes together.
1: Yeah, I'm just like, okay, everybody's pissed all of a sudden. And wait, which one was the guy who was, like, nice and calm a second ago? <laughs>
0: and then they all turn into, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, but I appreciate the fact that, you know, they didn't um, explain, like, some of the jargon or stuff like that. Um, I mean, that's one of the, the reasons why I really like this film is that it... It doesn't, like, go out of its way to tell you things and spell things out. Um, You know, dialogue and scenes play out naturally. And, uh, you know, you get bits of backstory uh, through those scenes. And, you know, we don't have... uh, Like, I was joking before, you know, uh, before we started recording. Like, there's no certain character who's there to be, you know the guy that takes you through the prison or whatever, you know, to show like the new guy or whatever, yeah, um, you know, to explain everything to you.
1: There's no Morgan um, Freeman.
0: No, no, no. But um, <laughs> Andy Dufresne. Right. And I mean, the Shawshank Redemption is a, you know, obviously a classic film. <laughs> and I mean, come on. Uh, but I mean, that's, that's more in line of like, you know, movie prisons you know what i'm saying like yeah yeah, yeah. like this movie has it's going for a very realistic tone has like this like quasi documentary feel uh it really like brings you in you know after a while you start realizing like oh shit like i'm watching a movie like i'm not watching or, or yeah it's not actually happening you know uh and i think that uh that bleakness and tone um, I'm glad that they, they stick with it all the way through there's a couple things where like they that are obviously done for movie purposes but they don't feel too disingenuine like because they happen at a point where like you're already so invested in the film and the characters that you you know you just go with it um, so I was okay with that but uh, overall though the, the acting is just across the board, like really spectacular, uh, Anton Yelchin's, you know, long lost brother, (laughs) uh, Jack O'Connell, uh, he's really, really good in this film. And, uh, obviously Ben Mellison, who plays, uh, his father is also, I mean, he's always good, but he's, you know, a little terrifying in this film. And that's good. Um, but, but all the other sort of supporting players, um, I don't know if they're if they're actually actors or if some of them were actually inmates. I don't know, but they're very convincing. Um, everyone is really, uh, you know, and, and and I admire the film for for not going down sort of cliched roads. Like again, I was sort of half joking before the movie to my girlfriend because like we saw the poster. It's like all red and it's him like behind the bars, you know and I was like, oh man, like somebody's gonna get raped for sure. <laughs> um, and this this is gonna be one of those movies. Um, but surprisingly, uh, no prison rape scenes, which I, I no obligatory scenes like that. So I uh, I applaud it for going sort of taking you know the, the opposite direction for that. I mean obviously we get a lot of like beatings and stuff, but I mean that's part of the character and uh, probably the best, like, naked shower fight scene since Eastern Promises, for sure.
1: <laughs> so, there you go. So, at the end, your rating will be on a, ska- on a scale of naked shower scenes. It'll
0: be on a scale of how many balls did we see in the shower sequence. Does it live up to Vigo's balls? There you go.
1: So, well, here's, here's a question. If you're going to use the ball system, is it, pairs of, is it like five pairs of balls, or would five balls actually only be a two and a half?
2: <laughs> Just two people plus
1: Lance Armstrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go. I don't know. That was a question that you didn't answer. But anyways, let's let's go on to Stephen. I don't
0: think you really can answer that question. No, I, not properly. I think the, mo- the movie leaves it open ended. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. Stephen, what did you did you get started up? Did you get riled up
2: for startup? Yeah, so. So, you know, like, the scenes in Short Term 12 with the character of Marcus, who's this, like, uh, he's this guy on the cusp of adulthood, and he's, like, brooding, and you kind of... There was a weight to that character where, like, at any moment, you felt like he could just do anything. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that intensity, in my mind, was, like, this whole movie, <laughs> basically. Like, a- every character in this is just, like... Filled with this intense, like about to snap anger that you just feel in like shaky cam intensity, <laughs> um, all the time. Uh, it, I I loved this movie. I thought it was like amazingly well done. It was like riveting and just so intense, um, but not intense in like the American History X kind of way that I was expecting, <laughs> yeah, or afraid of, where I thought it would just be like. Prison is terrible. Let's show you all the terrible things that happen in it. Um, (laughs) All the
0: terrible things that will happen if you, you know, do terrible things.
2: Yeah, um, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. And and this is a scared
1: straight episode.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, it basically is. (laughs) And and this movie, it was so much more about the particular characters, like the father-son relationship, the like macho attitude you need to survive in this place, like... How how people can try to handle aggression while at the same time trying to learn to like tone down their violence and I I just thought the the tension of the character's motivations and like his desire to be on good ish behavior versus his need to show other people that he's not a pussy, (laughs) like, show people that he can fight. Yeah. Like, that tension was just built so well in the movie. Um, It was was actually one of the few movies that I've watched recently where, like, right after it ended, I started scribbling down notes for how I felt about the movie and how I thought. Like, usually I let it sit with me for a while. Um, But this time, like, I just wanted to remember the intensity that I felt when the credits rolled uh, and at least I felt like I'd been kind of through hell and back, but not like, not like the masochistic way of prison rape, <laughs> but more like, like I had felt what it would be to be inside the mind of a extremely aggressive, a person who like needs to fight for survival, trying to learn how to uh, survive in this new environment. Um yeah, I, I just thought it was really brilliantly well done. I think the the characters were awesome. Um, I think the the dialogue, like Carson mentioned, is really nice and... Uh, not nice, but... <laughs> like <laughs> it, it, it has this kind of naturalism to it that reminded me of, like, the characters in The Wire, uh, the drug dealers, where it's like... Like, the director doesn't care if you get what they're saying or, like, understand all the terminology. He doesn't walk you through it. He just shoves you in this world and lets these people interact with each other uh and trusts that after a while you're
0: gonna get the gist and start to pick up what they're doing um yeah yeah it's kind of like reading kind of like reading clockwork orange where it's like has all the lingo and stuff yeah yeah exactly it's like like eventually you pick up like oh this means this and etc
2: it trusts that if it shoves you in this world like, nobody ever says this is what Kangas are, but at a certain point in the movie, I start, like, I realize that I know what Kangas are now. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not a pleasant film by any means. Like, it's definitely a, a intense and dark one, but I don't think it was, like, excessively upsetting or excessively sad or graphic. I think it was much more, like, psychologically intense uh and, yeah. yeah i thought it just really nailed that
0: yeah i mean like or like i said uh or and i agree that it's not as uh it's not as crazy epically depressing as american history x although that is a very well-made film as well mm-hmm. but yeah yeah i would say it it went for a very different style like the
2: um yeah the the documentary feel to it what was meant to be much more like a just a character study of this really complicated relationship between a father and a son yeah, and between a guy and his own instincts, which are maybe not the best one. (laughs) Uh, And also like some, if like a little bit on the nose, but still some good social commentary about like what kind of people are worth saving and how do we treat the people who we put away? Are we trying to rehabilitate them or are we trying to just destroy them?
1: Um, yeah, just a lot to love in this movie for me. All right. So for me, um, I, I, there was a lot about this film that I did enjoy. Um, I, I'm honestly a little bit lost on the narrative of this film. Um, just on the, like, obviously we have the premise and I don't know if it's a, it's it's a language barrier that I faced. I mean, we were joking (laughs) before about like needing subtitles and how it was hard for me to keep up even with the subtitles. Um, so I, I kind of, I don't know, man, (laughs) like by the end of the film, I was a little bit lost as to what the overall picture was of what was going on and, and who was like on the sides of characters and who was not on the sides of characters and what the, I, I don't know if we need a spoiler section so that I can just like throw out some stuff and then you guys can tell me if I'm correct or not correct or and or explain it to me. Um, so I don't know if that's a failure of myself or a failure of the film. Um, so we can unpack that a little bit later. But I will just say what I did really enjoy about the film is, is you know, kind of like what you guys, like, besides just the presentation of it and, you know, the way the characters interacted and the performances overall, I really just, I don't know, I, It was weird the way they set up this adult prison compared to, like, because we don't don't see any time in the juvenile prison. The film starts with our person being brought in, you know, and he has to strip down, they check him to make sure he doesn't have any hidden objects, he gets his clothes and they throw him in a cell. That's our introduction to the adult prison. But the second the door shuts on his cell, because, and these are all like, you know, it's not like you know, Alcatraz where the bars are all open and you're just like, hey, look at us, woohoo. Um, <laughs> it, it's, this is like, you know, everything's shut off. You can't see into a cell when it's closed. Um, so the second the door shuts, he starts prepping all this stuff that he thinks he needs because I'm assuming that's the way the juvenile detention facility that he was in was, like super crazy. You know, every two seconds, somebody's trying to shank you and something clearly bad being in there. But like moving in the into the adult um, pr- like prison It's there's like hierarchies and systems and places. And while the tension is crazy constantly and at any moment, some inciting event could cause some crazy fight to break out. Everybody is for the most part, sort of their own little cog in the wheel and they kind of go about their own business. And until somebody crosses somebody else there, it's almost like this, this inherent, like, you know, things are in place we have some people that are sort of keeping the peace just through history, I think, of being in that prison system. And mm-hmm. it's not like the, as soon as you step out of your door... Like so, so the two things I've learned from prison television and movies is that there's two things to do the day you arrive in prison. Either, A, you go to the biggest guy around and just punch him in the face <laughs> to try to build this like idea that you're this crazy guy. Or two is you immediately go to the the group center of your race and join their clique because that'll get you protection of the prison right those are the two tropes of like american prison film stuff but mm-hmm. in this it's not really like that it's not like oh you can't talk to that guy because you're another race you can't talk to this guy because he's part of that gang in this part, side of the prison it's sort of like everybody's just there and they're sort of doing their thing and I, don't, I don't know it, it was it was interesting just seeing him prep for what he was expecting versus what he actually got um i don't know did did that was that cool to you guys
0: yeah i mean it kind of just fits in line with with all the other things that you know we've been mentioning that it it sort of sidesteps the those prison movie cliches that you're sort of accustomed to
1: yeah Mm -hmm.
0: yeah i did i liked it and i like
2: as you mentioned that he's just we see him shoved in here on day one, and we don't even get to see what it's being compared to, except through his actions. Yeah. yeah.
1: Which, by and- the way, brilliant—the little like melt the bottom of the toothbrush to like form the shape of the screw to use it to unscrew the thing. Like I thought that was pretty <laughs> badass. <laughs> that was some MacGyver shit right there. Yeah. And <laughs> something I would have never thought to do. So. But now well, I know. Now you
0: know what to do in case uh, you you get thrown into. A UK adult prison
1: yeah I also know to make sure that whoever is packing my supplies that I actually get to bring to my room to make sure that I have you know plenty of uh, uh, boombox antennas and bottles of baby oil <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that scene was so gnarly too
0: <laughs> it was it was pretty funny how everybody had a boombox and it was all like the same model
1: yeah, I hope those rooms are soundproof, because I could see, like, a lot of fights starting when, like, the guy in yeah. the cell next to you wants this, like, ho- honky-tonk country <laughs> stuff to play constantly. And you're like, dude, come on, it's been 12 hours. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm tired of listening to Lady Gaga. I'm gonna shake you.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah, so, there, there's, like, most of the stuff that really confused me um, in the film, without going into too much detail, is the, is the stuff about, like, the the progress or not progress that our main character goes through over the course of the film and who seems to be standing in the way of preventing that um, and what their motives would be. Is that like, did that, that even factor into any of your guys' appreciation for the film?
0: Wait, sorry. Say that again.
1: Okay, so, like, he obviously he is a troublemaker. He's been brought into this adult prison. And, you know, they're trying to get him to go to these little group things where he can kind of talk out feelings and do all that kind of jazz. But it seems like the people standing in the way of making that progress happen are legitimately standing in the way of progress happening. Like, it's not just that, like, he's a bad kid and they don't think he deserves the good treatment. It's like things appear to be working for him. And then the second they start to work... People are standing in the way of allowing that to work, and mm-hmm. I like do you think in the film it was expressly stated what those reasons were for in a way that seemed valid to you or or do you think it's sort of like just implied and you're supposed to kind of gleam your own uh, explanation for that stuff or did that not even factor into your guys' appreciation of the film at all
2: so I I think I know what you mean, like the, the motivation of this character, who I, I would say if there's anyone in the movie who is a trope or kind of who seems to behave in a way that I'm not sure a real person would behave, it would be that character in his badness. Um, but I don't know. I felt I felt like it was expressed why, why this person for this particular uh, kid why he would have a vendetta and why he would not want to see him make progress um
1: well we there i think there's two people that sort of fit the ambiguous statement we're making so i don't know. so i'm not sure which one you refer to you
0: you're talking about the people who run the prison (laughs) i don't
1: know maybe
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well that's what i got out of it i mean yeah this is is
2: so there are two characters I, i i think i can answer for for both options like there are two characters who are standing in the way of him making progress the first i think it's kind of well established what it is about his personality that makes him do this and why he feels yeah threatened and maybe jealous by the things that are happening that are outside of his control Yeah, yeah um like i think he his motivations were built very well and even if he does kind of ping pong on whose side he's on quote, like that's part of his character is not really not understanding what he was feeling. Yeah. And um, I,
1: I think I'm on board with which, which one of those two you're talking about now. And I yeah. agree with you there. It's the, I was originally thinking the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah. So
2: the, the other one I felt, I felt he was a little more of just an archetype kind of, um, it it wasn't completely clear to me why why he behaved the way that he did, but it it definitely didn't bother me. I I kind of felt like there could have been many reasons for this hardened uh, person who I can't describe yeah. <laughs> to uh, to develop the outlook he has, and the moment he sees something seeming to work that goes against his philosophy. And working with a person that he has a vendetta against, yeah, as taught by another person who he clearly does not like, um, I I can kind of see why why this is all getting confusing. Yeah, this is very this is very confusing.
1: All right, I mean,
0: we we can
2: maybe just do like a brief spoiler territory to talk about that.
1: Yeah, we'll have to because I want to I want to lay out exactly what I think the plot of this film is, and then you guys can either completely shut me down. Or say that yes, that's it, and maybe I just didn't appreciate it enough.
0: <laughs> but I mean, I don't even think that the plot really matters into this movie because it's it's mostly just a character-driven story.
1: Yeah, but I actually I actually think the plot is surprisingly elaborate, which is part of the thing that I think by the end of the film is is revealed, and I don't know. Like, I feel like almost this film could be like an extra forty-five minutes. And then it would earn the journeys of the lead character and the other person who he takes most of the journey with in the film. But I think it's kind of like, I think there's this elaborate setup, which isn't part, it's, it's it's the setup for the film, but it doesn't really factor into the story of the character's journey. But it's what put everything in motion. And I think that as the film progresses, it sort of becomes less about what so, so I think, okay, so, so there's the the one character is what the general body of the prison is going through. Then there is what our main character is going through. And, you know, the father character is sort of in between the two. Like at the start of the film, obviously, he's part of the, the prison narrative. Um, but over the course of having a son in the prison, he starts to skew towards the son's narrative and becomes integral in that. Um, but then sort of by the end of the film, it's sort of just... It's sort of done, and I think that it doesn't, there doesn't feel, because, like, I think the ending the film centers on the structural narrative of what's actually happening, but we spent all our time embedded in the emotional aspect of the story. And because the ending belongs to the non-emotional side, but but we, the viewer, belong to the emotional side, I, I feel this disconnect in the story that's being presented to us.
2: I would definitely need to hear in spoilers because I definitely didn't feel a disconnect. Um, Like, I I won't say I think the arc was completely clear. Like, it was certainly thorny and had its, like, ups and downs and diverged for a bit. Um, But I do feel like the movie has one pretty consistent story. Uh, I I, I didn't really get the feeling of the ending paying off one and not the other. Uh, I kind of saw it all wrapped up together.
1: Uh, All right. Yeah. So
2: yeah, maybe maybe spoilers will be able to uh to talk more directly, but I will I will say that even if even if it did have multiple arcs that didn't really connect, uh I would still have thoroughly enjoyed this movie just on the strength of the character study. Um yeah. Like even if it had just been a series of like little snapshots, uh, vignettes or whatever you call them, um just like this is one thing that happened, this is another thing that happened that didn't connect but yeah. just showed a like look in his life, I would have thought it was more than worth the ride. Um Yeah. And but- it, it does like build up it does build up a plot in that it has like a very clear third act and everything. Um so I can see why like you would want to emphasize the plot and the journey of the character. I uh, I think it holds up, but I don't necessarily care that it holds up. <laughs> yeah I, I think I would have been happy with it regardless
1: yeah and i will agree with that like like i said i i there's there are lots of you know like the, the character that's running the quote-unquote school like the you know little group sessions that they have like his arc and how he's interacting with those people i was really into just seeing our main character and how he's sort of um acclimating to his surroundings in the prison and what he's sort of getting out of it and like you know the where he is as he enters this prison system and where he is at the end of the film. Um, I like I, I was definitely on board for the,, um, as you said, the character study of the film. Um, so so yeah, it wasn't like overall this film was like a waste of me or anything like that. It was just that there are <laughs> there are enough things standing in the way of my overall appreciation that it's hard for me to sort of look the other direction at the things that I really did like about the film. Mm-hmm. So.
2: Yeah, then let's, uh, let's give reviews and jump into spoilers. Okay,
1: cool. So uh, Carson, why don't you uh, start us off with your verdict? If you were going to give this a must see, a recommend with a caveat, a wait for rental, a pass with a caveat or a must avoid, what would you give it?
0: Uh, I would definitely give it a must see. I think it's uh cinematically satisfying um and it definitely uh it's it's a good you know british very bleak drama and uh it does it very well uh and i think that like of all the things that we've stated uh yeah it just it really has a great tone and i think that ultimately the relationship between this father and his son um is like oddly touching uh like it's more so than some you know melodramatic movies that aren't you know that are are almost going for that um i don't know i just felt like that there was uh yeah it did it in in sort of like a non-sentimental forced way uh more so than movies that are trying to go for that um so yeah uh anyway it's just a really good movie whether you (laughs) whether you should go out uh see it in the theater go rent it uh yeah it's it's exceptional it deserves all of its praise right steven uh yeah i'm gonna have to
2: echo that this is a total must-see for me um i it isn't even the type of movie i'm inclined to like like i was not thrilled at the idea of watching a prison drama which is at least like the genre I attached to it before pressing play. Yeah. Um, but I was just super, super into it. I think the, the characters are incredibly well done and tension is just built perfectly. Uh, and I think it has a lot of pretty cool themes that it's exploring about, you know, father son relationships and about anger issues and about violence and about the system. Um, about the danger of all the like dick wagging that goes into surviving in the prison world. Um, that, I wanted to use e- that phrase. Is that,
1: is that one of the terms you looked up after watching the movie? Was dick wagging? No, no,
2: no. That's a term that I hope is a real one. You gotta have swagger, dog, to survive prison. I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's what you call it when guys are like puffing up their chests and fighting just to show how like, yeah. manly they are. <laughs> <laughs> anyway.
1: I, anyway, think I think dick I really wagon it. is what happens when you lose that chest buffing competition <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah wouldn't it be more like dick measuring like they're trying to own yeah, up maybe, pissing yeah maybe yeah, yeah 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 sure a pissing contest
2: yeah uh, anyway i i really love this movie and i think with the one-two punch of this and calvary in such a short time period i'm getting like a good dose of dark British Isles movies uh for the year and I I'm I'm a fan so far. Definitely this is one of my favorites, I think, that I've
1: seen this year so far. Alright. So, b- mm-hmm. so both of you guys are must see. So both of you guys are must see. It's like ninety nine percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Like everybody loves this film and I and I I very much enjoyed it with even with my confusion and complaints. And I, and I think also my my complaints might be more rooted in my confusion aspect of the film than in its quality. Um, and any time I walk away from uh, something with questions that aren't like, um, you know, it's not like when we were talking about Godzilla and I was like, why would the military put a nuke on a train when there's giant beasts running around? Like, it's not like that type of, it's not consistency. It's, yeah, it's not... Um,
2: why would you send kids on a school bus... On a bridge when a sea monster is coming. Yeah, yeah, like,
1: it, it's it's not that type of question. It's not like I'm questioning the, the writers, necessarily. I'm just, there's things I literally did not understand. And because, I like, I'm the type of person who, like, I'm listening to a podcast and somebody references die-rolling in a game. And it ends up with me for 45 minutes reading Wikipedia articles on quantum mechanics and crap like that. Because just... If, if a question pops into my head, I need to investigate that question further. Um, so, walking out of the film, there was a little bit of not walking out because I rented it. I was sitting on the couch. But anyway, you know what I mean. This When it was done, I was like... Walking to the bathroom. I, yeah, I, w- I was processing too much the things I didn't understand to fully appreciate the experience that I did appreciate while watching it. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I... I'll just give a recommend with a caveat. The caveat being, I was a little confused by it, um, but I don't think it's a bad film at all. Give it a must see. Give it a must see, boy. <laughs> yeah, you. Do it. Everybody app- else is doing it. I don't appreciate that, Carson. <laughs> <laughs> um, mostly, I don't care that you're calling it. C- I'm just worried about having to go through and edit these out. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, least, you know that's a, that's a bad joke to end the regular part of the episode. <laughs> it
0: could just be like an awkward, like Jerry Springer-style drop in audio.
1: Well, the best the best part is that, like in theory, when I bleep all this stuff, nobody will nest. Like, unless you've seen the film, you don't know what word I'm using. Um, so true. So if you've seen the film, you know that we're only using it to reference the use of it in the film so it's like Mm. the word is bad enough to be bad for us to be joking about it but it's not that bad because (laughs) unless you get the i don't know i'm gonna shut up i feel good about it (laughs) i'm gonna shut up (laughs) (laughs)
0: well i mean it's there for consumption if if need be yeah well i I hope this is all going in the episode oh no it's all all all, going in the episode if if you know if it goes out with a Explicit tag or yeah, something. Yeah, well
1: yeah, let me rephrase that. I hope it doesn't all go in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn. Well, but
0: now but now you see Chris is kind of in the position that I am in a lot. Um,
1: yeah, which is the dick wagging position.
0: With the dick no, but in the a lot when I'm uh It's my favorite position. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, like when we're all puffing up our chest, you know, like apes or something or Avengers, I don't know. But this is, uh, I guess this is the closest it's come. This is the closest it's come where Steven and I have been in agreement and Chris hasn't. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It feels good. I like it. (laughs)
1: all right well uh we are about to get into spoiler territory but first for anybody who's not going to stick with us obviously you should go see this movie um it's available for rental on itunes you can get the hd version for 6.99 rental uh, or you can buy it for 12.99 so you know we've talked enough about that in the past but
0: do they even have a standard version like option anymore
1: they do but it defaults to hd so you have to actually click the little sd toggle and switch it. oh okay Mm um but anyways i
0: didn't i didn't see it so
1: for, for everybody who is not going to stick with us for spoilers, uh, Carson, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you?
0: Oh, you can go to uh, practicalcandy.wordpress.com.
1: Steven?
2: Uh, you can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com
1: cool people can find me at Life.com or twitter.com slash IRL. you can find the podcast at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show if you want to figure out when the episodes go live you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoiler warning or you can like us on facebook at facebook.com slash the spoiler warning if you want to get a hold of us directly you can send an email to fans at warning.com. you can use the contact form on our site or you can leave us a voicemail at 760 575 tsw that's 760- Five seven five four eight seven nine. Music that is playing right now is the song <laughs> the- that plays in the trailer of the thing. I, I I found the soundtrack, but there's like there's like two different ones, and the one that I listened to is a lot of like weird, crazy uh, sounds that don't <laughs> work. That that like it things that don't play in short segments, where it's like long build for like a minute and a half before the so- song actually starts. So, is there an
0: actual soundtrack to this or no? Yeah, like I think a score? there's actually
1: two. I found a second one um, that I haven't listened to yet, but I'm, I'm just going to be using the credits theme from, or the, the song that plays during the credits of the film. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, because I, I, that's another thing I forgot to mention is that I really enjoyed the fact that there was no score in this movie, um, which lent to the uh, the realism and the sort of documentary style that the movie had. So that's why I was. That's what I was like. If there's actually a score or a soundtrack, that's. I guess it's like a. I guess it's like an EP. It's like a white like, noise. <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> yeah,
1: it, it's a lot of like, thirty-second to a minute tracks, and then a few, longer songs, and then there's the credit song.
0: People grunting, like fighting. <laughs> Background noises or something. A lot of people dick wagging. <laughs> Just the sound of that. Sounds of uh, prison cells, the you know, shutting. sounds. <laughs> okay.
1: Anyways. Um, <laughs>
0: people choking, gurgling.
1: Yeah, the the music's playing right now, and when the music fades out, it'll be spoiler territory. So, thank you guys uh, for joining me.
0: Yeah. Welcome. That's my that's my UK
1: accent. Thank you for not calling me. A <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, thank you guys for listening. Stick with us for spoilers in just a moment. All right, everybody. Welcome back. This is spoiler territory. It's officially spoilers for the film Starred Up. We are talking about spoilers, so if you... Are going to see the film? Go watch it, and then come back and join us for this last segment. But you guys here on the podcast with me, you ready for my interpretation of what the narrative of this film is?
0: All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's do it.
1: So, so this is the basic plot structure as I see it. So I need to get like an index card out so I can I can do it. All right. So you have you have you know, Anton Yelchin two's dad, right? Yeah, and then you have the other guy with the glasses, right? Uh, yeah. the other, other oh, you're d- talking
0: about the uh, the dude who's like head honcho, the, the, the like prison guard guy, the captain.
1: Not, man. not, not the prison guard guy. You have the you have the oh the dude with
0: asthma, right? Yeah, yeah, the
1: asthma guy. We'll yeah. call him not asthma, yeah. asthma. Okay, asthma guy. And then you have the warden, right? Yeah. yeah. So you have so Anton Yelchin two's dad. And the asthma guy are sort of like the, even the asthma guy more so, are sort of like the head people in the prison. Like everything trickles down from them, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, But the guy who commands all the actual legitimate influence is the dad character, okay? Well, asthma guy wants to usurp the dad character and sort of become the head honcho of the prison from the inmate side of things. So he sides with the warden to get the dad's son start up because the simple fact that he is in the prison will set things in motion to destabilize the dad's rule because he will be so distracted with the presence of a son and the possible imminent threat on his son that he won't be able to watch his own back correctly and it'll give them enough power to overthrow the dad character and take him out and that this whole film is simply a ploy to dethrone the dad in the prison and that's why the warden's such a dick, and that even though the son is actually legitimately improving in the, the little group that he's working in, they're doing everything in their power to prevent him from actually getting better, because they want him to be terrible enough that they can do the whole fake suicide thing, because that'll help further the end goal of removing the father from rule in the in- inmate's point of view.
2: Wow, you are smarter than me. I, I, did, not, I did. I did not consider this. Um, this the story of why he got started up. Uh, I did not consider this motivation mainly because I didn't. So I got that. Like first, I'm not. I'm not going to say you're wrong. It's actually a pretty compelling, <laughs> a pretty compelling arc. Um,
0: yeah, I, I can so see I it happening.
2: The, yeah, I, I got that. His dad. Um, is in a position of power. Yeah. I never got the sense that he was as high or higher than Asma Guy. Yeah. Um I I always got the sense that Asma Guy maintains control and the dad has learned to be a part of the system which has let him climb the ranks. Yeah. But I I still saw him as thoroughly just a a part of the system who, you know, has learned to live in this environment um, and part of learning to live in that environment is submitting to the rule of whatever guy they put in charge. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't get the sense that the dad a priori was like a threat to be dealt with or that what happened in the movie had anything to do with him as like, I, I didn't see him as being the motivation behind, uh, the kid getting started up, um, I really only saw this as the kid was a troublemaker, like the kid was violent. The warden is a douchebag. <laughs> warden sees this unredeemable seeming kid who, like, one would think he was starred up because he was so terrible even in juvie. Yeah. Um, or whatever, whatever they call juvie, jove. <laughs> um, <laughs> one would think you. He- <laughs> What, uh, like, like I would think that that's why he was there. And the reason he was so mistreated and the warden wants to prevent him from getting help is that the warden has this hardened view that, you know, once a violent kid, always a violent kid, this is only going to cause trouble. He's going to make life harder for me as I have to oversee this. Let's just try to get rid of him. And it will be easier to get rid of him if we ostensibly say that we tried to help him first yeah yeah uh so yeah i saw i saw the dad as just being like he is in the prison and so a arc begins of him and his relationship with the son but i never saw
1: his dad as being the true reason for anything going on yeah i mean i i I definitely read it that way mostly for the fact that like it wasn't just that he was normally being startup it was he was Early. Like something happened to make it so he needs to go to adult prison a lot sooner than would normally have happened um, And then you also get a couple scenes where the warden is interacting with the asthma guy one-on-one after hours And they're definitely seen they, they seem to be in the pocket of each other in in some sort of way And I kind of viewed the asthma guy is as, like if we put this in like snowpiercer terms like the dad is sort of Chris Evans who he has leadership simply by his um theoretical physical prowess and his his ability to like he's the one who's actually going out and interacting with people while asthma guy being you know the the armless dude from the back of the train um what was his name again
2: i uh, guess yeah.
1: yeah gilliam gilliam yeah yeah, gilliam so like asthma guy is sort of the gilliam of the prison and the dad is sort of the chris evans um curtis character and um I guess that makes the warden <laughs> Wilford. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> War- yeah, warden is Wilford. Um, yeah, warden, W, Wilford, W. It, it oh, all ma- makes sense now. Now so so we get the subtext. So yes. much sense. Um, and and yeah, so I think that like sort of the asthma guy is is sort of like the, he's the guy who sits back and thinks and helps strategize. Like he may have even raised up to power the dad character, but when you're the guy who sits back, and your guy goes out and makes all the connections, then over time, those connections really belong to the guy who you've been sending out to make the connections and less to the person who consults the guy who goes out and makes the connections. Um, so, well, for, first of all, Carson, what did, what did you think about that theory?
0: Oh, um, I mean, I think it's a completely valid theory to argue. Uh, I was more in uh, on Steven's side where I just figured, you know, basically that uh yeah like i basically just everything happened like after the fact like the dad wasn't that uh big of an authority figure you know yeah um although it kind of makes because one of the one of the scenes that i uh thought was sort of disingenuous that i kind of alluded to in the main review was the scene at the end where they're both in like solitary confinement or whatever and yeah. um the dad uh basically i can't remember something happens and like the guards all go away and then there's that noob guard who's standing around and the dad like gets him to <laughs> the
1: guy named selfie
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> that bothered me so much
0: <laughs> i didn't even know that was his character name <laughs> um but yeah like he got him to uncuff him and then he just basically decked him and you know was able to uh go out and uh in that moment that scene kind of felt like a you know this scene is here purely because we need the you know the movie to go this way
1: well you know that, that that's that's the funny thing though was like it, er, er, in in the regular review towards the beginning one of the first things i said was it was interesting to to compare my view of prisons from television and movies in the united states to the way it's portrayed here and i kind of viewed it as like the, the I, that scene seemed like it could happen because of the context. It seems like there is a more like I, I don't know really what to say like jovial, but like the the guards and the inmates aren't completely at odds with each other. Yeah, they they sort of feel like just cogs in this wheel that is the prison system, and they're all like. You know, in our, in our, in, in you know, United States prison films, like, it's always like, yeah, after guards, man, I'm gonna kill these fools. And, like, it's always... Right. You know, They're it, always at odds, yeah. Yeah, like, they are mm-hmm. the bad guys. And and if if one cell, like, in, if at lunchtime they just, like, opened all the gates and everybody came out, like, in American films, like, everybody would just rush the guards and, like, take right. them out or something, yeah. you know, and over to mm-hmm. the prison, and then it would be crazy. But in this film, it seems like everything is very normalized in in the the prison system and, and it's like there, there are scenes where his dad gets to sort of walk freely into this back part of the prison where nobody's at because that's where they all go to talk to the you know the asthma guy or whatever um so it seems like there's a lot of um leniency allowed to or pl- placed on the the inmates themselves that made made it totally a viable thing in my head that you know selfie would be the only person left down in solitary confinement and then like he would get you know tricked into opening the door and get knocked out and then uh you know because if somebody looked and saw an inmate walking by himself in the prison as long as he wasn't like actually sneaking around trying to be like in a mission impossible film they would just be like oh somebody let him go talk to somebody else you know like it would it would feel normal to anybody else so it wouldn't feel completely out of place so i i bought that scene as mm-hmm. not being out of the norm yeah yeah, yeah
2: I, I bought that scene i do think that that overall part of the story the solitary confinement and the attempted hanging of his son and the fight with the asthma guy and everything that did feel a little more like movie for the sake of being a movie than the rest of the like realism of, of the film had. Yeah. Right. I I still liked it a lot. Um I I had no problem with it. Kind of in the same way that a movie like like Short Term 12 hits beats that I know like oh these are like dramatic movie beats but I don't care because they do it well enough. Um and so this was one of those for me where I did feel like knocking out the guard and sneaking and having this confrontation like like just the whole scene kind of uh yeah well it's like they felt- needed
0: they needed a reason for him to get out so he could confront Asma guy yeah yeah but i yeah. feel and, like with chris's uh theory that it might be a little more accepting because of the fact that you know they're setting it all up like they want you know the dad to leave, you know, you know what I'm saying, like. But oh, doesn't it? So what I don't get
2: about that theory too much is this movie has established that the guards are willing to be like assholes, <laughs> like like they're willing to take someone and hang them, basically, and they need to make it look kind of like a cover-up. But it really seems like they would not need to go through this psychological mess of <laughs> put his son there. That'll probably rile him up. They'll probably fight. Leave him here. Leave selfie there. He'll probably get out. He'll probably. That's true. I, I don't yeah. know it. Um. Well, I, I don't
1: I don't think that the plan went as far as to put selfie as the only because when they come down the stairs, the one guy's like, "Where's selfie at?" Like that's where they first get clued into yeah. the fact that like something is wrong. I don't think mm-hmm. the expectation was to let the father out. I think the ex. The, it was just. I, I, I bought that he could escape in that way. Um. Because because. Mm-hmm. Obviously they didn't want the father to get out, take out asthma man and then make it to the cell so that they could stop yeah. the hanging of his son. Like the intention was for the father to still be locked up and the son to get hung and there'd be no evidence that it wasn't uh suicide. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah I, I, I can see that. I guess part of, and this is kind of going back to your broader theory, not so much the scene. Um, do you think, did you get the feeling that the father was going to be shipped to another prison regardless of what happened in that third act? Because I got the sense that he went away because he had murdered the guy in jail. And yeah. that if he hadn't murdered Asthma Man, this would not have happened.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that was... He He wasn't supposed to get sent away. He, okay. he Like, the, the father was supposed to basically lose... He was either supposed to just... Lose ranks within the prison, or be taken care of in some way. Like mm-hmm. he was either supposed to get topped off, or yeah. or to just nobody gave a crap about him anymore, and only followed the other people.
0: Mm. Yeah, like his power would diminish.
1: Yeah, is that acceptable to you, Stephen?
2: <laughs> no, I, no, I think it's acceptable. I'm just, I find it interesting because I definitely did not read the film this way. Yeah, well he, he, uh, here's when I was watching it.
1: Here's the question then, like now. Going back to all my comments in the non-spoilers part of the film, mm-hmm. now do you understand my, like, being caught in, like, so for me, the, like, to me, that that narrative story was clear through, like, it, it, it the pieces were there and constantly being building to the end of the film. So, like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm watching that transpire. But the thing while watching the film that I actually care about is the interaction with our main character and, Mm -hmm. um, yes, his relationship with his dad, but mostly his growth and his interacting with the other prisoners in that group and realizing that, like, yeah, maybe, you know, his dad has been in prison, like, you know, his whole life and his mom, his mom died, right? Yeah. 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 so, So his mom died. His dad's been in prison and he's sort of just been like this problem for the system. And now he's in the adult system and realizing that like no he doesn't just have to make shivs in his bedroom and like try to beat the crap out of the guards like there actually is some progression to becoming a like habilitated person and like becoming something like he can actually learn through these other prisoners and through this group um just how to deal with his anger and this like you know life has turned him one way and he now has this chance to like undo all that bad stuff that has happened, not undo it, but you know what I mean, um, so I'm cluing into that, but it feels like that journey is incomplete in the film as a whole, like, that is, there are little pieces to that, but it's not a complete narrative, we don't really see, like, at the end where they do, like, the handcuff hug with, um, the dad and the son at the end of the film as the dad's being shipped off to another place, um, there's not really, there's, like that's not a complete journey and i'm not even clear how long he was in the prison before that those events transpired um Mm -hmm. so that feels like a a piece of a narrative that's sort of a hopeful view on where the character can go from now the only thing that feels like solid and finite is this this story of the events that were set in motion to change the power balance within this prison so it's like to me, it feels like from from a storytelling standpoint, we're focusing on the emotional stuff, which doesn't get completely paid off. And then from like the background standpoint, there's this like really complex narrative, which is sort of off, relegated to the background, where it's not really focused on. Even though that feels the strongest put together.
2: So well, yeah, if I oh oh no, <laughs> Carson. can No, I was, first. I was gonna
0: say something because I was gonna. My, uh, takeaway from it was that in the end, uh, the son, Anton Yelchin too. basically my takeaway was that he would essentially assume the role of asthma guy at some point down the road, because there was the scene where him and asthma guy are talking and asthma guy is telling him, you know, I, I was like you, you know, when I came here, um, when I was younger, And, uh, you know, now look at me like I've, you know, toned down and now I'm like, you know, head honcho. Um, so that scene kind of tipped me off that like, okay, now, you know, maybe the son will, will actually assimilate into the prison and become a head guy. Um, and there's also two very, um, distinct shots in the film. One is, uh where the I think it was if I'm remembering correctly um, where the the counselor when he gets fired he leaves and there's the the revolving door you know and it just it it goes the shot stays on it till it stops and that's the same shot at the very end when uh, the sun goes back into the prison um, the revolving door just it the, the the camera stays on it until it finally stops and it's sort of you know like okay you know life, it's just like a revolving door like, you know, one guy goes out and then like the next, you know, it everything changes and I that kind of got that that was like a you know, a symbol of that you know, the power has changed. It's shifted to the sun. That, that was my takeaway from it.
1: Well, so, yeah, I think go, sorry. I
0: I got a bit of
1: sorry. <laughs> go go ahead Steven.
2: I I think I got I got a bit of that symbolism. I don't think um I wouldn't say I thought he would become asthma guy. I kind of thought Asma guy is this like slimy character who. No, I, I
0: wouldn't think he would a- interact necessarily like, become with the him. Crooked guards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he would assimilate into the prison and maybe become a powerful figure. I don't. Know. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, definitely got that feeling.
1: Yeah. Well, in 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 my narrative that I pulled out of the film, though, specifically that conversation, that talking about the you remind me of me if if my part of it if my theory is correct then that would just be him misdirecting the sun like he's trying to put him like at ease in the relationship that asthma guy and the sun have so that he doesn't see it coming when he actually sets it up for him to be off. <laughs> like that's it's yeah
0: i oh i can see that but i mean i wasn't thinking that way because there were other discussions of the fact that you know like hey if you if you f up like they're gonna kill you like and yeah. make it look like a suicide you know
1: and they're also, gonna cover it up also as for the metaphor of the door I've, I've repeatedly in this episode i've i've used the term cog in the system and if you get a vertical shot a revolving door it's just a little cog yeah it's a cog nice so this film Cognitive is all about cog wagging on. Mm-hmm. it is yeah <laughs> Anyways,
0: but I mean, that's still it still goes with the same theory, though. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's all but, a system. And, you know, it's a system and it's going to change. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, go,
2: g- going back to your point slash question, Chris, about how like if you do watch the movie in the light that you have, where this appears to be like a very strong narrative, which is completed by the end of the film then the emotional journey of the character kind of takes a backseat or seems open-ended by comparison. Yeah. Um I guess I could, there's a lot of ifs there because I didn't read the movie that way. Um <laughs> Yeah. But even if I did like I still feel like the the emotional journey of the main character if not complete it's It hints at where it's going like partly for what carson said that he would take a position of power but also um so the big journal journey is how he can learn to tame his anger and not let the the circumstances of life overpower him yeah um and i think i think that's actually painted pretty well like where he comes in all just violent and you get to see him progress throughout the film and his relationship with his dad is one of the biggest representations of why he is the way he is like a restrained person who is on the verge of breaking out at any moment. Um, partly because his relationship with his father is this like power struggle where the dad just like shouts at him and tells him to shut up and he shuts up. Yeah. Um, and so I think by the, by the end of the film, Their relationship is fairly complete, and now he's learned... He still sees his dad as this flawed person, but he is, like, able to love him and give him a hug. Like, he doesn't need to... It's not a fight anymore between the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, his
1: his dad, like, literally risks his own life to come in and prevent the son's death, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. That's obviously Um, huge for both the father and the son character. That that helps. That helps a lot, but even...
2: (laughs) I would say even the moments before that like the fight with his father that leads him to be locked up. Yeah. Again, yeah. It is um I don't see that as like a relapse of his anger management either. I think like confronting his father was actually a necessary part of his journey. Yeah. Uh like he needed to take this guy down a notch and tell him you don't own me anymore. Yeah. Um and at the very end of the film right before he goes out to see his father, you see him in his cell by himself looking out the window and some of the guys from the group are shouting to him like making sure he's okay uh, and i thought in my mind that hinted to me that he's going to be fine like he's assimilating with these guys and he's uh he's going to keep working yeah i i don't know for sure if i that meant he would actually continue to be in the group like taking lessons but at least it felt like it felt like he's going to be okay yeah um, and I so I thought of that as a fairly complete arc like it didn't it didn't need to show me that he is okay in order for me to think that he's pointed in the right direction now
1: yeah well yeah no he yeah he he definitely has had enough of progress to see that we at least recognize in him the recognition that there is a way to be other than a violent person mm-hmm. so yeah I, I was fine with that in general i just think that like the amount of time the film devotes to the emotional beats versus actually solidifying a comp- like it, it seems like there's lots of it seems like the minute to minute emotions are 100% committed to but the entire emotional arc is sort of the um, it, it's sort of shorthand for mm-hmm. the progress as a whole Um, So like each individual scene, there's a lot of progress made. But overall, we sort of see that the progress has worked in. Yeah, yeah.
2: I I can see that. I think it's partly. um, So the film does have this arc of his journey, but I think it's also more about exploring the themes of anger and pride and what makes people behave this way. Yeah. And I think you see this with the son and the father. You see it with the psychologist and the uh, warden, uh, where the warden also seems to be just in a power struggle with this psychologist. Yeah. Um, you see it in the way all the people interact with each other. And I yeah, I don't know. It was that, that documentary style where it was more like, this is why the system is broken. Like, look at... What happens when you get all these people together and all the emotions that are at play, and how hard it is to improve, and I thought that, like that overall story, which was more of like an expose in this world, yeah, in my mind was very thorough, and uh, the character's arc being shortchanged a little bit didn't didn't really bother me. I I thought of him as being. I can't I can't stop making comparisons to the wire in everything I watch, but it, this felt like that where they're like in the wire there is are one or two clear sympathetic characters that you root for. yeah, but the world is much larger than that and there's never a sense that their arc is the point or that most things have to contribute to that arc to make it be complete. Yeah. And this was that in my mind where they've latched onto one character going through the system as a uh I think synecdoche is the word, as a representation of the whole system that they're talking about. And they fleshed him out pretty well, but I don't I don't need him to be the centerpiece if I think the the world that they're examining is well done.
1: Yeah. No, I I, I get that. So I I am I accept that. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, I'm 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 fine with leaving it at that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> any last thoughts, comment or comment, Carson?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm I'm good. I don't have any last Carsons. That, that, so. that, that,
1: that's your rapper name, is comment?
0: <laughs> it's comment. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I have no exactly. idea how it's spelled, but
0: uh, uh it's with a K. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Well, comment with a K. What do you say, guys? We just fade up some music and uh, head out yeah 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 don't yeah. be talk about my mama i was just gonna say something <laughs> about someone's mom
2: am i the only person who would not be remotely like offended if someone talked about my mom i'd just be like you don't know who my mom is yeah like, this be is like, meaningless. Whatever. <laughs> like, you're not insulting me at all this is stupid <laughs>
1: Your mom would just never listening to the her. episode, and she stopped it right <laughs> after you said, uh, "Who wouldn't care if somebody commented about her mom and didn't figure, didn't listen to your justification for it?" <laughs> Next time you talk to her, she'll be really upset. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyways.
0: Well, yeah, different strokes for different folks, I guess. Yeah, different mm.
1: wags for different. Never mind. Pogs. Yeah, don't
0: rhyme that one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Shags, I think, shags. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. there we go. (laughs) Didn't think that went out through. (laughs) Anyways, I think that's the episode. So, um, yeah, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time.
2: See ya.